Hello, what's going on? Reinforced Running Podcast. My name is Rich Ryan. What's up today? We have Michael Sandbach, a.k.a. Sandy, in the house. Sandy finished sixth at the High Rocks World Championships. He just started sport less than a year ago and has really made tremendous improvements. So we talk a little bit about his training. We talk a lot about the mental mindset behind the, the sport, kind of the ups and downs. And, and uh, Sandy has a really interesting story. If you're not familiar with how his last season went and kind of some of the mental hurdles that he had to go through to get to this highest level of the sport. He, he goes into great deal detail about it. Very honest. I uh, really enjoy talking to him. Great dude. Great athlete. You're going to be on the lookout for him coming next year if you don't know the name already. So here we go. Michael Sandbach. All right. Got Michael Sandbach here, a.k.a. Sandy. What's up, dude? How are you doing today? I'm good, Rich. How are you? Doing great. Yeah, I'm excited to kind of chat with you. I want to talk about some training and things like that. But first, I must let you know, every day I wake up, your picture's on a dartboard, and I'm just like chucking it. First thing in the morning, I'm like, I'm getting this guy next time. It's it's happening. So it was a one yeah, scenario. Yeah, we, we had a good race. I, I enjoyed racing, and it was good running running alongside you for probably half the race. <laughs> it was quite a bit. And and we kind of talked beforehand about just like my strategy going into it was just like letting everybody kind of like run their wheels off. And yeah. you, you'd kind of mentioned something similar. You're like, I'm not going to be too worried about what other people are doing. And then we just found it, found ourselves next to each other pretty early. Yeah. I think after the, after the sled push, yeah. I, you kind of latched right on. And I thought, I was on. I, ha- I was on to a good day because if I can run after my sled push and pull, yeah. I'm like, things are going to go well. I just kind of ran out of juice yeah. late, but you stuck right there and hung on. Yeah, yeah. It was like a com- you were like a comfort blanket for me. I'll be honest. I was like, okay, I'm just going to stick with Rich. It's a nice pace because every- everyone went out stanking fast, didn't they? Do you not think? Crazy fast. Like I was like, no, this I'm not, this ain't this ain't going to work for me. And I was like, I'll just find my place and I'll just start trying to chip chip them off. And yeah, and well, I think we were fifth and sixth, weren't we, for quite a chunk of it. Yes, until Dylan kind yeah. of rolled up after yeah. the... Yeah. He, got, he got you on the lunge. He's got me on the row. My row is yeah. a disaster. What was it? How did you feel about your outcome? Um, yeah, looking back, like from being obviously coming in 14 to to get sick, like, yeah, there was... The, like Some people did some good races, like obviously Hunter and... And Ryan smashed it. And, and even Alex, like he put in a performance. Mm. I was like, wow, Alex nailed it. Tim's always up there. Dylan did well. So yeah, like considering the performances that were put put down, I was happy. How about you? So, like similar. Like coming into yeah. it, I thought I could do as well as third. Um, yeah. So from that perspective, like when I tell people, like I'm not excited about, about seventh. Yeah, and I'm not excited to say sixth, but when you look at look at the, you know, it was a good field, and yeah, I think I'm in the same boat as you on that. Because you could have realistically been seated as high as what do you think? Like, what was Dominic seated like seventh or or sixth or seventh or uh, something like that? Yeah, like Maastricht. If I if I'd have just like finished Maastricht and not gone wrong and stuff on the lunges, yeah, I was maybe maybe probably I was probably up for 58 minutes, maybe. So yeah, I've yeah. probably been. I don't know, maybe fourth or fifth, maybe on the right on the list. I think I think similar, right? Like the the race that I did end up having a qualifying time for was Chicago, and mm. uh, there was just like a kind of a slower course. So I figured that I my seed should have been somewhere in that five to eight range. Yeah. So even yeah. though like it looks like we both overperformed quite a bit. Uh, I didn't really feel it that way. I felt like we were just kind of where we should have been at the like, kind of at the low end of what we should have been. Yeah, I fully agree with that. I think we were the yeah. I knew I we were probably better than where we were placed, definitely, just because of what had happened through the season. And yeah, I agree with that. So, looking at the results, what do you like? How did you kind of approach the offseason? Did you take much? Did, are you or you just kind of get right back to it? So say that again. Sorry, I didn't hear that. Rich, what'd you do for like your off season? Are you kind of in an off season, or did you take much yeah, time down? Yeah, so I did. I took a bit of time down, but like, like mentally for me, if I if I do nothing, it's probably worse. So yeah, I just I definitely backed off, and I sort of start I sort of you know eating what I want, not not fully what I want, but you know not being so strict on the diet and just 
just doing more easy runs, enjoyable runs as opposed to trying to do some speed work. Do you know what mm-hmm. I mean? Just keep, just tick over really and, and enjoy myself a bit more as opposed to it becoming, do you know what I mean by that? It becomes like a, a full-time job, doesn't it? That's how I kind of look at it. There's like a time I can kind of get a good harnessed, like focused part for about like six mm. to eight weeks before like i'm feeling kind of restrictive like what you said with like the diet or like sleep or just like social things yeah so if i don't if i don't let myself do those i start to kind of mentally fall apart a little bit you have to because then it makes you makes you better and stronger when you're training and stuff if you're just constantly trying to you've got you know you've got to like i'm going on holiday in a few weeks to greece Hmm. so that you know like I say, I'll, I'll do a little bit of running, but I'm not going to do anything serious. I'm not doing anything crazy. Just tick over, and then yeah, the season starts. I've actually entered for uh, the first race in Basel, Switzerland. Mm. So, and I do need to start probably screwing down a little bit more. I have, I, the last couple of weeks, I've I've put my foot down a little bit more, but I need to start thinking about that because I think it's about nine weeks away. Mm. Yeah, that's coming. Yeah, it's, like, it's but coming. it's so it's early. Be a... It's so early though. Like you don't yeah. need to be where you need to be. No. I don't want to be able to PB there because I just need to come away and look at my splits and think, okay, well, what, what do I need to work on type thing? And then I'll go away and do it. That's one of the reasons I'm doing it. Is that the first race they're going to have in Switzerland? Yes. Uh, yeah, I think it is the first Swiss, Swiss race, yeah. Huh, that'll be fun. Are a bunch of, are a bunch, do you know if anyone else is going out? Is it going to be? Are they going to try to make it a thing? I don't... I've not heard of anyone going out that I know of, no. Huh, nice, no. that'll be fun. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Let's see who turns up and yeah, give it a go. No pressure and see where my legs are at and then I know what to work on. So when I look at you as an athlete, then like when I was just kind of looking at the field headed into worlds, mm-hmm. like you can tell some athletes are gonna be stronger in certain areas. Like someone like Hunter is obviously gonna be great at the stations. You're not gonna beat him in the stations. A guy like Holger is probably one of the fastest probably the fastest guy in that field, right? So it's like okay, yeah. he's gonna do damage, it's gonna be on the runs. And then yeah. For and same for like I'm more on the running side. Dylan's just a workhorse, so he's just gonna like kind of grind yeah. away until the end. But you're yeah. when I was looking at you as an athlete, it's like, well, he's like pretty strong mm-hmm. and yeah. pretty fast. Yeah. But there's not like any outlier skill, yeah. I would say. Yeah. I've not got a wheelhouse, I don't think. I'm just yeah, I think I'm pretty average to good on on a, on you know quite a few of it minus the wall balls <laughs> <laughs> most of the yeah. time the wall balls are good to go yeah exactly so yeah i wouldn't say I've, i'm i'm pigeonholed in any in anything really that any you know i sort of pretty along you know so for me when i look at my off season i'm like all right i need to focus on strength and just kind of the the way that the uh, world championships played out like these stations need to take out take out less energy for me. So I need to get a little bit stronger so that it's not yeah. so taxing. I need to get better at the machine work. There's, that didn't go that well. I haven't spent enough volume on there. Yeah. And so there's like clear points for, for where I need to improve. Yeah. Um, so when you look at your race, like what do you think? Where do you need to spend your time when you're kind of a generalist and everything is like pretty yeah. good? Like how do you know what to do? Uh, so I'm doing, I'm looking at some strength now. A lot of people in the off season are trying to do strength, but I am focusing a lot on strength now. So, Obviously, we all talk about the sleds. You know, if you can break away at the sleds and stuff, and not not be destroyed after the sleds, I think you've got a good chance. So I'm doing a lot of a lot of strength work at the minute, working on sled stuff. Um, my ergs, my ski erg and rower. You know, I'm quite good on the row. I'm quite good on the ski. I, I couldn't really imagine myself getting too much better on there, and I, I probably wouldn't want to go too much faster because reward for effort's probably not that much there. Mm. So. Yeah, so probably the strength movements. So the sleds, the lunges and the wall balls, I can definitely make ground on on them. So I'm focusing more on sort of leg strength, lower body strength, if you get me. When I'll look at everything, I kind of break them into categories. And I usually like the sleds and I put the lunges, that's in the same category because it's kind of like strength endurance pieces. So what's that look like for you? Like how is it just being specific on it or are you going to try to up your total strength? Yeah, so I'm just – I'm doing – I'm doing a lot of a lot of different type of squats, um, box squats, um, and I'm trying to do some power 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 movements too. Um, and then I'm I'm just doing high volume sled work, so I'm doing mm. different weights. I'm not just not I'm not just loading the sleds up super heavy. I'm trying to drop the weight and like shift it, like power go through. 
So I'm just trying to trying to cover all ranges really on on each one, not just. Previously, I was just load the sled up to a couple of hundred kilo or more, and just 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 use it as like an endurance piece. But no, I I, I need to hit that. You need to hit the sled, and I think you just need to go for it. Hmm, that's interesting. So being able to get that initial push, right? Yeah, like, like I think being I think able to I move it quick. Yeah, and I think I'm moving it too slow, but I I take less breaks than probably a lot of people. But I'm just just plodding away and I, time under tension and things like that. So I'm just trying to improve that explosive power and strength really at the minute because it is really easy to look at the sled and be like okay for me to get better at this i need to push the weight that high rock says and i just got to do it over and over and just like run in and out of it but then it really does kind of create a ceiling as to how yeah how fast you could do it how how, how it actually yeah. feels when you just start doing the same thing over yeah. and over but it's hard I, to I go later it, you know yeah i think you need to obviously come away from the sled and work on just leg strength generally and then you know leg strength that can transfer over to that try and find some movements that can do that and yeah I'm, I'm i've got like a strength coach now who's who i'm discussing things with and i've sort of explained can you give me some ideas pointers what i can transfer from that to that and as opposed mm. to just loading loading the sled up with a quarter of a ton and and just plodding you know like everyone does plod 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 every day or every other day or whatever so i've got to think outside the box i think on that because i didn't see many improvements last season from doing that you know what i mean your first race was was your first race at manchester no birmingham oh yeah i did i did zero training i didn't really know much about it and <laughs> how was I, it it was weird really because <laughs> i didn't practice i just i saw my, my friend james muscott he he was sharing it on instagram so i turned up um and i come second overall which was a bit i don't think the field was that filled martin michaelis yeah martin yeah. michaelis won he got like 104 105 and i got a 109 so i got 69 but i come second i was like okay this is i must be quite good at this if i can turn up come second with no training so then like i said i just focused on probably three months uh, just on high rocks and then went to Manchester. Yeah. And then got that, that good time. So, cause that's where you then I, right? that was a 60. Yeah. 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 But then I wouldn't say I've that improved that much since then. Do you know what I mean? So I need to come away from what I was doing and think of outside the box a bit. Cause like I say, I was just, just, just getting to the point where you're just pushing heavy sleds all the time at the same speed. <laughs> I, I don't know what, what, what I was doing anymore. Where like, so from the 69 to the 60, 30, was it more endurance work or were you just kind of doing like high rocks type sims high rocks type of efforts so i focused more on running so i did a lot of running so then i started to run probably four or five times a week so i definitely increased my speed and then yeah i was doing less less sort of generalized crossfit type sessions that i've usually done and i've i just focused more on the movements of high rocks type type you know what i mean because that's a ridiculous improvement yeah i know it is everyone said that and it, i was shocked when i was doing it i was like wow and then yeah it's a massive improvement but i have to admit when i turned up when, when i turned up at birmingham i was working away, I, had, I had a six-month contract working away in hull where i was working like 10 12 hour days mm. I, fitness wise it, i just wasn't getting that much done at all i was probably running I was just probably getting a morning 5k running once or twice a week. And then I'd, I'd try and get to the gym after work, but nothing, nothing like seriously focused. So my fitness coming into Birmingham was basic, very basic. And then I, after Birmingham, around Birmingham time, I then, um, I finished that job in Hull and then I got a job working from home. So then that's where the big improvement for me came because I had a lot more time I could eat more food, eat more healthy food. I could train more at the right times as opposed to trying to fit in a session after a 12 hour day. Do you get me? So it's the fact that my job changed and my focus changed, which dropped that time. So your general fitness wasn't where it should have been. No, no, it wasn't. So going into Birmingham, that's why it looks so different because I wasn't, I wasn't where I should have been normally if I wasn't working away. That's why I got a 69, I think, because I was, yeah, it wasn't a priority at the time. I was still training, but nothing, nothing like now. Yeah, like it's it's nice to have that type of reflection to understand where you were and how you've improved and what kind of athlete were like your top level is. I had something similar like that between twenty one and twenty two, where I 
I was looking at my 21 results because I was like kind of around that too. I was like 67, 68. Uh -huh. And leading into this season where I, I dropped it right where you are now, I was like, I'm 60, 35 yeah. or something like that. Yeah, same as me, yeah. And it was just because I was like injured and wasn't running very much the year before. And I, it's hard yeah. to, it was hard for me to understand like, oh, am I actually good at this? Or is there a reason why these results aren't where I thought they would be? Yeah. So did you know you were going to be good right away? Were you like, as soon as you saw it, were you like, this, because you're back are you a runner in your background? Not necessarily, right? No, not necessarily. So I played a lot of football, probably semi-professional, mm. up to 23, 24. And I was always the probably the fastest, if not one of the fastest in the team, teams mm. that I played. I, I always had good foot speed. Um, but then, no. So probably since since I've, I stopped football, running's really, you know, I, I dabbled in it, but nothing like, nothing proper training-wise. So I mean, if you're, yeah, I mean, but if you're like the fastest dude on a semi-pro football, I gotta call it soccer. I gotta do it. Soccer, <laughs> yeah. I can't. <laughs> um, <laughs> you're a runner, right? Like you're able to do yeah. it. Because even even yeah. those athletes, like that was always something in high school. Like someone from the I'll call football team. I'll call football for it. Would come out and they would run spring track, and they yeah. would be like really good at the 800, but they wouldn't run all year because mm -hmm. they just had these commitments but mm. realistically if those athletes were doing running all year they'd probably be one of the better runners in like yeah the state because of because of their high-end ability probably yeah i'm probably in, in that category probably yeah naturally or oh, from my, my youth yeah running's been good for me but yeah it's always been there but i've never yeah i did I'd occasionally go out for a run in a week or something or a couple of runs nothing no tempo work nothing just literally just a run yeah, because that was that was what I was impressed with the most with how you were able to kind of hang on with the runs. Because generally, I'll run away from people in these races. Yeah, you're fast. And, I know that. Yeah, like in terms of like classic running ability, and that was kind of where yeah. my background was. So yeah. if you're gonna hang on, I was like, man, is this dude just like <laughs> yeah. like just tougher than everybody? Like you can just hang on. <laughs> uh, so you have some of that running ability, which is which is. Do you like running? Is that something that you like? Yeah, I do enjoy running. Yeah, I do I do enjoy running. Well, that's that's a plus two because a lot yeah. of times people are just n not going to do it. Yeah, you have to. You, you want to be good at high rocks. You have to like running, I think, don't you? How has it been when you talk to people? Because I'm sure people are reaching out. Like, are, What kind of athletes are you talking to who are trying to get into this? Um, loads of different levels, really. Um, it's quite it's quite interesting, this sport. All different... Um, levels and ages so old older people in the 50s 60s or so i've discovered high rocks and i saw you at the worlds and you know inspiring and you know because because i was the only sort of brit uk mm -hmm. guy there it you know it was i think a lot of people liked like that and it inspired a few people so yeah I've, I've had a few quite a few nice messages off off all different people really so i need i need to get some like semantics out of the way in terms of uk is that yeah because i'm just an American person. Scotland, I don't know much outside of it. Scotland, England, Wales, and I, uh, United Kingdoms, England, Scotland, Wales, and not an island. No, Is Great Britain. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm, oh, God, I'm going to sound really dumb and I'm on a live podcast there. Uh, Great Britain, and the, I don't, it's basically Wales, Scotland, and England. I think Definitely, one of them got Ireland in maybe it. Maybe Ireland? Okay. Maybe Ireland. Maybe one of the well, islands. Well, there's Ireland or Northern Ireland, and they don't like each other, I don't think, do they? And I don't. one of them's not part of us. I can't remember which. Tom Hogan will know. <laughs> yeah, we'll get. We'll ask, we'll ask Tom. So he might be part yeah. of the UK contingent as well. But yeah. it's, it's huge there, man, especially in mm. in England where people yeah, are into it. Yeah. Well, what, do you, what do you think, so? Love it, because, yeah, London is the biggest one. Um just before Vegas, it was like 4,000 athletes there. Mm -hmm. And I didn't want to run that race, but I had to because I needed to try and secure my spot. And that that event was crazy. Just the sheer volume of people. It, fitness in the UK is massive here. Because we're such a condensed country, um, it's quite easy to travel. You know, mm -hmm. you can get to London from me. Uh, I can get to London in two hours by train. And I'm, you know, most people can really two, three hours. So you can travel easily. So people travel, you know, right through the England, UK to get to these races. It's easy. Why is the fitness part? Cause I, 
I try to con- consider why fitness is popular in the States as well. I mean, I believe fitness is just like a better way to live. I think it just will help yeah. everything like the, the mental aspect. If like yeah. physically you're fit and there's way less, uh, yeah. Morbidity factors that you have to consider later in life. I think it is just like a better way to live in terms of like your health. But then this competitive fitness part. Yeah. It's a little bit different. So why do you think that's resonated so much? I, I think there's a few reasons. I think there's Instagram, maybe on, wants to look good so there's the physical side of what fitness does obviously you go you know you keep yourself fit you look good social media you know and then i think there's also the mental health side of it because you know since covid and lockdown i think that's Mm. changed a lot of people i think people have gone either two ways they've gone drinking beer and gone you know lazy or they've gone crazy fitness and i think a lot of that's held on a lot of people went they went down the crazy fitness route have carried on because and realized how good it is and yeah, I just think people, I think they're the two main ones, really. Yeah, there's definitely a vanity aspect. Right? Yeah, there's so definitely wanna... vanity aspects, yeah. And and High Rocks has that. Like, the way that CrossFit has it, where, you know, shirtless people just being jacked, walking yeah. around, and just, like, all celebrating that together. Yeah. It definitely has that feel in High Rocks, and I like it. And and the prof- and the professional photography as well, that's a big draw, because then, obviously, you, you download your pictures, and you get put on social media, and yeah, proper it's, isn't it it's great to uh, get a fic- uh, picture capturing like doing something extremely hard so you just look super jacked yeah it's like no, yoke right there yeah it is because yeah because yeah, yeah, i wasn't no. sure if like that vanity aspect does transfer over that because cro- is crossfit's like relatively big yeah crossfit's massive over here too there's loads of boxes yeah it's same like, here it's like yeah it's like it is like a derivative of crossfit in a way isn't it obviously because it they're all functional movements that everyone can do. It's not like anything technical where you can't do it. Everyone can, in theory, if you can do a high rocks, in if you're not injured, basically. There's no nothing technical there, is there? No, no. And that's you, the big draw. Do you think that are the CrossFitters in England? Are they coming into high rocks? Yeah, I've seen in Manchester and London. There was definitely some some good CrossFitters that I've seen. You know the the big the bigger names. Uh, I've seen them on social media. Some of them competed, huh? Yeah, but they didn't really place because you need to be able to run. And do you know what I mean? It is they a just... running. Yeah, they're too jacked. They're too strong. You know. And they just need to change. Big... They need to change yeah. the way they train, right? They just don't like doing it. You don't like doing it. They'll they'll turn up. They'll do a high rock. They'll think it's good, but then they'll go back to their cleaning jerks and snatches and ring muscle ups, you know, and you know, that's good, but it ain't going to get you anywhere in high rocks, is it? So no, they say like, like there's the skill component is just something that they need to focus on a lot. And uh, most yeah. of them, you know, like CrossFit is so competitive now that these athletes yeah. are literally training six to eight hours a day. And that's like to maybe get to that semifinal level and make yeah. no money <laughs> and like you know yeah. they get the coach yeah. they get the coach at a gym or something like that so they can like sustain a lifestyle to do that yeah. but they're just doing so, and, and so generally it's like they're doing all this just to be the best athlete in their box or at like a local Basically. and because because their movements are so technical they have to train that much because they have mm-hmm. to keep doing muscle ups handstand push-ups walking on their hands and snatching and there's so many technical movements it's like yeah they have to keep everything swimming they have to do everything mm-hmm. the way that we have to run and do endurance endurance work they have to do technical lifts yeah yeah exactly and that's where they probably they, they need to train that much to keep everything polished really do you uh do you do you did you do the open this year because you're you've been doing crossfit for a while no um i, I didn't do the open i'm not I, I, I used to be a member of a box near mine, but I got kicked out of the gym. It's a long story. It's, it's a long story. I won't go into it. But it, yeah, that was two, 2017, I think, or 2018. And I did one I did one open there at that box, but I haven't done an open since now. I've just trained oh, in my garage really since. So what's with the competitive part now? Because we're about the same age, I think. I'm 36. I think you're about the same, right? Yeah, same. Yeah, yeah. So... For me, it's just competition has kind of been this constant. It kind of went away in 
uh, like my early twenties, but then I found CrossFit when I was like in my mid twenties and kind of picked it back up and started like training a little bit more and, and then found like Spartan races and all this other stuff to kind of keep me going. Yeah. Um, so what was that for you? Cause I mean, it sounds like you got, yeah. you played football I, at a really high level. Yeah. So so football. Of- and then I just, I just sort of did, I, I trained, like I probably did more bodybuilding stuff. So I'd go to the gym mm. I'd, and, you know, we've all had a phase there, I think, haven't we, where we'd split body parts and things like that. And I just did it to probably, to be honest, to probably look good, you know? Yeah. Um, nothing competitive. And then, yeah, I've not, this is really new for me. Like I've never done races really. I've never entered a 5k race. I've never entered a, I've entered one 10k race in my life. And then I've, I've, not, I've never entered a marathon. I've never entered half a marathon. So it's never been there, like this competitive sport side. And it's just so, it, it's took me by surprise, really. Because like I say, I just entered this Birmingham one last year and just thought, why not? It's something to do. And then it's just sort of took over. Like I, I, I fell in love with it and I thought, okay, I'm, I must be okay at this. Let's see how good I can get at something. And then that's basically where, how I'm here, really. Because it's a different sport than what you're used to in terms of what's at stake with being from a team, the team side of thing mm-hmm. versus yeah. individual. And I've just been an individual. I mean, I played team sports in high school, but since I was you know, 18 years old, it's been basically just individual. Even when I was younger too, it's still like was running as like a freshman or sophomore. So it's been like individual focus for a long time. There's a yeah. team aspect a little bit in track and field and cross country, but like, it's still like you're the only one doing anything. Yeah, yeah. So I don't even know how I would respond to going back into a, a team environment and how no, I, w- to... I wouldn't. So how is that different from like, how, how has leaning into the individual side been for you coming out of such a strong I uh, team? Preferred it. I preferred it because I, I am super disciplined. Like I've trained in my garage for, since I was, well, since 2018. I don't know. And I, I think, you know, I know you could, you can, and, and most top athletes have to be able to be disciplined, but I've I've just been able to sort of train by myself in my garage, and I've quite enjoy it. Mm. I quite I, I fell in love with just being by myself training, like and not at a normal conventional gym. I don't know. It's just it's just I, I've just it's just really suited me, and I've in, I've enjoyed just being in there, my headphones in, and yeah, I, I can't really explain why, but probably probably because I did sport team sports for so long and so competitively, like for so many years i don't know i just probably overdid it and fell out Hmm. of love with it would you be frustrated by like say a teammate's lack of effort if there was one if did you feel like you were putting yeah yeah because i was yeah because obviously to get where we are in these races you have to be competitive don't you and you know you've got to try and leave no stone unturned and in a team sport you know you know people can be lazy can miss training and that could cost you a goal or it can cost you what you know whatever it is and yeah it does get to you definitely where if, so I, if I miss if i miss training now it's down to me and then I, you know i'll mess up in the race so I'm, you know i'm countable <laughs> right that's kind of what i always like even if i'm looking at like a team like uh like a team crossfit event so yeah i would just always rather go individual and not necessarily for yeah not like being worried about my teammates not being up to a certain level, but just that I know that everything that I've put in and I know what I'm capable mm. of. And I would rather just have it be on me than have my results be like affect yeah. somebody else. Ditto. Ditto. How is it in, in terms of competition then for you? Cause it sounds like the training aspect, it's not really a problem. Like being like, okay, I'll, I'll come in, I'll do what I, I'll do what I need to do. Yeah. Um, but then I'm, when it comes to competition, it's a little bit different. Yeah. So I've, because this is so new to me again, I think that's where I've struggled mentally this year because I'm not used to racing. I'm not used to doing this. It's been years since I've done anything like this. And like uh, since Manchester, because like I, I did a good time and it's everything, you know, got, everything got thrown at me. And then obviously at Euros, I put, put pressure on myself and then you're getting interviewed and all this is really new to me and, and the competitive side of it. And and it completely messed with my head big time after what happened at Euros. You know it, you were commentating, weren't you? And <laughs> it was it was just a nightmare. And then after Euros, I then I, I come home and then my wife Lottie was like, You need to you need to sort this. So I flew to Germany the week after and I was I was I turned up at the venue there and I was gonna race at uh, Karlsruhe, I think it was. 
Mm. Um, just, just to basically in my head, it was I didn't want to care where I came out just to finish a race because I needed to just finish it. And the demons came in like I was. Uh, Mintra was asking to do a photo shoot with me before the race, and then another girl was asking to do an interview, and I was on my own, and all all these things because I'm not exposed or experienced in racing and stuff, and it just got on top of me, and I, I just I just walked out the venue, just left. So yeah, struggled with the pressure part because do you mm. feel like that would have been the same if it was a team or have you felt that pressure and has there been something like that in the past and and in 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 your football days like where you may have underperformed yeah. to, to your expectation my dad was very intense training wise for me like he was push 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 and with the football side of things and he probably pushed me too far and that's what my dad passed away in 2009 mm. and that's when i stopped playing football so i was 23 i was playing all the time he was watching me pushing me and I, I thought I enjoyed it but then when he passed away I didn't I've not kicked a football since and mm. yeah I don't know if that's got something to do with it or what but yeah so to just you mentioned the word enjoyment did it did it feel and it may became clear that the reason you were out there for a team sport may have not have been for the enjoyment part yeah um, I think I think you're right there and with the individual side with after uh, the Euros, which we'll talk about a little bit, but you basically didn't, fi- you were almost at, you were basically at the finish line and didn't finish. Um, yeah. I walked off. <laughs> so did it, and then the pressure that you went to that second race and the pressure you felt there, did it, did it, was it just the enjoyment factor again? What did that just consume? The yeah. There was no, it? there was no enjoyment there. It was like, obviously we all got nervous before a race, but there has to be some enjoyment. There has to be some, you know, funness to it, and there was literally nothing. Like I booked the accommodation, I was on my own, and then, and then I stayed over. And then, because because I woke up in the, I was in an Airbnb, and I just spent like five or six. I didn't sleep at all. <laughs> spent five or six hours during the day just waiting to get to three o'clock to sort of the race was like three or four. So then all this building up, and then yeah, turn up at the venue, and it's just, I think. Because I walked through the venue, and I think because it was the week after Euros, I think as I walked through, I was I remember a lot of people like not I'm not, I'm not saying everyone looked at me, but a fair few people turn around when I walked through because they might have remembered what happened at the Euros and stuff. And I definitely saw a few people sort of talking about me when I was just walking around the venue like you do before a race. And then it happened on on the way out when I was walking out to do my stretching and stuff, and I, I was like, oh god, and then. Yeah, and then all that got on top of me, and then I just, I just fled, just left like half an hour before the race. So, were you thinking trying to do that race that you just didn't want? Because I could imagine if I had this uh, tough break at the end of a race, I'd just be like, I don't want to think about this mm. for like the ne- until London, which was several several weeks later. Yeah, yeah. Like, I just want to get it out. I just want to prove to myself that that was a yeah. freak, and I don't. That was, was that it. kind of the idea. Yeah, and my wife pushed me to do it. She was saying, "You need to get back on the saddle. You need to. If you you can't leave this." And I was a bit unsure. I thought it's too soon, and some other people said it was too soon. But she was adamant. She says, "No, I really think you should go. Just book your flights and go, and just do the race. It doesn't matter where you come. Just finish a race, and then we then you can plan what to do." And then I did that. But then she's been with me on most races, um, and I, I was on my own this time. And like I say, demons just came in, and yeah, and that's what happened. How did that feel after that? Then we, we oh, because I went. It was so after Euros, it was bad. After that, it was like wow. So then I went to see. Um, I went to see a mental health coach. Um, I got. I, I, I met. I was speaking to someone and explained what happened, and she said, "Go and see this woman." So I went round and spent four hours at hers and we just went through everything and sort of discussed what's going on and and why my brain thinks the way it does and things like that. And she's like flipping things around and your thoughts are massive. So, yeah, so she she dived into into me and it was worth it, really. It, it, It did help, definitely, just to speak to someone and sort of explain. She explained to me why I'm feeling like I was and stuff and... And yeah, so that's what happened there. I just, 
I went to see her and then I did I did about a month's training and then I booked on to London and there was no effing way that I wasn't starting London mm-hmm. or finishing London. So I got to the London race and I just said, like, I, again, I didn't start, like, normally I sort of hustle my way to the front, but no, I just, I think I was at the back and I was like, I don't care where I come. I, li- I the, the, get, the aim was just to finish the race. Honestly, it wasn't sort of elites in Vegas was all in, in my back of my head. I was like, oh, I'm going to get pipped here and, I'm not. I'm not going to be in the elites, but that's fine. I'll just race in the open and in the open division type thing. And I, that's that was my mindset going into that race because all I need, all I cared about was finishing. But then the race gets a hold of you, doesn't it? And before you know it, I'm leaving the sled push, sled pull first, um, and then it was game on from there. And then, so a lot of times in in my own in my own training or, or my day to day, like I can kind of find myself into like similar mindset of just Mm. like something that's reoccurring. Right. And I can try to like work my way out of it and, and like kind of change my habits to start to think and feel and approach things differently. And this kind of, we said before, like I'll get like, I can get like six or eight weeks where I'm like really positive and and strong in that aspect. The rest I'm kind of dipping back until it's something that's like a little bit more comfortable and familiar. Yeah. So after you kind of went and did some work on, the way that you were thinking and then kind of getting, yeah. getting some clarity around what was happening. Was there times where you had to kind of remind yourself to yeah. come, were, were you backsliding in and how did you kind of pull yourself out to make sure that? Yeah. So a lot that? of it, a lot of, a lot of it was journaling every day. So just, that was hmm. a method that she told me to do. So I'll just write down my thoughts each day, whether they were good, bad, you know, indifferent or whatever. So it was, that, that was good. Just getting stuff out of here onto paper. So it's not in here and it's, you know, you know going over stuff um and yeah i just basically kept reading her notes that she sent me and and her methods that she taught me to sort of you know you are strong you are powerful you are ready be kind to yourself you know you've done everything you can and just sort of yeah just not try and keep the negative thoughts out of the head think positively and hmm. and because thoughts are so powerful that's what she said like they're, they're, they're so powerful like your thoughts so you need to flip like instead of thinking am i ready for, am i ready for this race you just say to yourself you are ready for this race you've trained hard you've prepared you've done everything you can you are ready for this race and just keep repeating things like that to yourself so yeah that type of thing so it was mostly just like things would get negative and just sit yeah. on top of each other yeah a little bit yeah yeah the, the journaling is helpful right it just uh, for me the way i like actually can learn the way i know the way i know if something's sticking if i can like write it or mm. like say it out loud um, yeah so saying things out loud is like weird when you're by yourself i feel like <laughs> but when you just yeah, write yeah. stuff out it's, yeah. it's it's definitely helpful for me anyway and sounds like it was helpful for you too yeah you yeah it was maybe i'll keep that up are you still doing it or no, I've 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 not been doing it, and I'm a bit mad at myself for it because I did. It was good, um, but yeah, sort of. I, we've had a baby, haven't we? Me and my wife had a baby mm. recently, and the, that cycle of things sort of have really got a bit different. So yeah, it's sort of gone on the back burner. But I know that it's there if things start to happen in my head where bad thoughts or things. Um, I know that get it off, get it out, and get it on paper. So don't yeah. be don't be mad at yourself. Be be nice to yourself. Exactly. So you got to do that. You got to keep that up. How's it been? It's your first baby, right? Yeah, first baby. Um, Congrats. Five week, yeah, thanks, man. Um, five weeks premature, so it, it came definitely when we weren't expecting it. Wow. Yeah, so we were also a bit worried because we couldn't get travel insurance uh, in Vegas. We were, sh- you know, shitting ourselves a bit because um, if she gave birth in Vegas or America, we couldn't get travel insurance the cost of that i don't know how much it cost to deliver a baby in america <laughs> especially, especially premature and having to stay in hospital for how many she was in hospital for uh, 10 nine nights so luckily we she didn't give birth in vegas and but we got covid as soon as we got back i think we caught it in vegas because then we mm. went to la for a few days and uh, that was just gross i hated it i was so poorly got back <laughs> and i was dying in i was dying she was dying and then she got she got like she got a negative test negative she did a test like uh, 10 days after that she got a negative test the day after her waters broke so we think that covid might have pushed pushed the baby to come a bit sooner 
Interesting. Like, like, Hey, we're like, this might not be a great environment to continue to yeah, grow. We're, we're probably. ready enough. Let's yeah, get, get me here. out. Yeah. And that was it. And it's been tricky, mate. Yeah. It's been, it's my first child. So, you know, and uh, the, the, the sleepless, we're not sleeping great at the minute. Cause he's got stomach, he's got quite stomach issues cause he's premature. The digestive system isn't fully working and he makes these noises throughout the night. So my sleep has definitely impacted the, then <laughs> my training, my training's obviously, I'm just grinding my way through it. I was speaking to Megida and he's just had a child and I was like, give me some tips, man. He's like, it's going to be hard. It's going to be hell. I'm like, you're just going to have to just support your wife. You're going to have to, your training's going to have to change. You're going to have to, he said he, he, do, he does less volume and he does more intense stuff, just little bits. And yeah, it's changed. Um, I'm trying to, I'm trying to do enough, but you know, it's different. Yeah. I, and I'd say like, Kent had something similar. He and he like was mm-hmm. able to really kind of condense the yeah. time he spent, but so being like hyper focused when he was training and then yeah. not like dragging things out. But yeah. The sleep we, thing. Oh man. The sleep's killer. You want to do a session and say you've got a hard session to do or something a bit more intense. It's just it's so hard to, to carry on when you know sleep day after day. <laughs> and yeah. like when when are you supposed I mean when are you supposed to push and when are you supposed to back off? But when the sleep is always terrible, are you just like, yeah. well, I just have to deal with this now? Yeah, like I've got used to it now. It's like the first two weeks was honestly, I was like, I was quitting so many workouts and going to the gym. I'd go for a run, I'd stop and walk back. I'd be, <laughs> I'd be trying to do, I'd be trying to do like a, an emom and trying to get stupid numbers what I used to get, and I was just quitting after minute three, and then I was getting depressed. I was like, no. And then it's just day by day, you get used to it. And now I'm used to four to five hours sleep as opposed to like my normal eight, which I love. And yeah, <laughs> I think my body's got used to it. Obviously, I mean, I'm training less, but I'm doing okay. I'm ticking over, I think. It's the adaptation, man. Body yeah. will just adapt. Yeah, it has. You mentioned nutrition a couple of times. Like you kind of dial some stuff up when it comes to yeah. bearing or you get like, kind of will back off when yeah. uh, when it's not so imperative. What is that like for you? Like what, on the terms of the n- nutrition side of thing, because like with, with high rocks in general, it's, it's, I like it because the amount of energy you need to take in is yeah. going to obviously affect your performance where a lot of endurance sports, it's like people try to get as light as possible. We're here. It's not, yeah. gonna, it's not going to work. Right? No, you can't be light, can you? Nah, like we haven't seen, I mean, Tim's not big. Tim Wenich. His power and strength is just for his size. He is a monster. Do you know how much he weighs? No, I'm going to find out though now. Because he, he, he can't be more than 75, 73, surely kilos. Yeah, so you're, like you're pounds to on one, you. yeah. yeah, 165 to 170 ish pounds. I would say it's about, I think that's about what Dylan weighs too. Is it? Yeah, he's about 160, 165 and taller. But he's, yeah, he's but, a little bit leaner than Tim. Yeah, but Tim can move them sleds. Like, yeah. Unbelievable. Yeah, he's, he's pretty impressive with how with how strong he actually is, and his row yeah. numbers are really good. It, was he like a rower or something? Yeah, I can't believe his rowing. Like it, it's his rowing's unbelievable. He's not he's not got a weak area. It's like because he's not he's not a massively tall athlete either, is he? So no. his rowing's amazing. His skiing's good. He's he's nailed it. Yeah, he's going to be a problem, and he's so young. Yeah, man. He's he's, he's going to be a, he's going to be a beast next year. I'm excited to see what he what he what he has. Yeah. I am. So what does that look like on the nutrition front on your end? Like what are do you so, yeah. have like some, some pillars that you kind of follow or. Yeah. So like? I've got, I've got a sports nutritionist that I see. Um, I check in with him probably every month or two, get my body compositions and calorie intake because I'm trying, because I was training so much, you know, I was touching, I was, I was, he was programming me for four and a half thousand calories a day at some points. Mm-hmm. So I was eating a lot, and but I need to be eating the right food, and because I didn't know really what to do that, so I thought I'm doing this, I'm doing it. So then, yeah, he would he program all my meals and sort of my macros and um, yeah supplements really. So when you're getting up to like four thousand, forty five hundred calories a day, that's eating. I was, <laughs> like, eating. I was you, eating, mate. What do you? Um, and and like it takes there's a few staples because i'll do the same thing right i'll try to get up there and make sure that it's because it's clear for me anyway like the way that i look and the way that i perform like when things are like less uh yeah it's just i'm just not there but it's it's hard 
to eat that much without some sort of plan or without something that you can kind of make automatic. So for me, I just make a ton of white rice, just like white rice all the time. Like that's my main, like probably my main calories was honestly, how did you, what were some things you would do like to get Um, to that calorie number? I bought 20 kilo bags of steamed frozen chicken breasts because I just hate (laughs) frying chicken. So I just get two or three breasts out the night before, let it defrost, some of chicken sorted. Uh, we have Uncle Ben's sort of rice in the bag, so we just chuck it in the microwave, and then you got rice, 250 grams rice in a in two minutes. So we do, we, you know, we I've done a lot of that. Porridge, I eat bucketfuls of porridge, like 100, nearly 130 grams, 140 mm-hmm. grams of porridge most mornings, and that just starts me off right for the day. So. That was I was eating about that much oatmeal in the mornings, and after after a while, I was feeling like my gut was just. Like I, <laughs> was it? Yeah, I was just getting real gassy. I was like, something's not right. But then I like wow. cut that back, and then I was like, oh great, how am I supposed to fill this in now? Yeah, yeah, um, I, I love got, it. I, I love my porridge, my oatmeal, and yeah, it works it works quite well for me. I got this big bag of like uh, like weight gainer. You know, yeah. like it would be like a protein powder mixed with basically a carbohydrate powder. Yeah, a high calorie one. Mm-hmm. And it tastes amazing, but it is basically just like kind of eating ice cream, <laughs> you know? <laughs> right, okay. So it's it's not, I don't know how nutritious it would be long term, but it gets those calories in. Are you on that? Are you on that now? I'm trying to put on some weight. I'm yeah. trying to put on what a little weight. I'm about 175 right now. Let me do it quick. Um, kilos. Or so about 79, 79 kilos, 79 and a half kilos. Yeah, you, you could definitely put some on, mate, with your height, definitely. Yeah, because you're about, what, what are you again? I'm about 88, 89 kilos now. Oh, wow. Really? Damn. Yeah. Ugh, that's about 193 pounds or 94 pounds. Yeah. And that's big. That's what Magida is, too. Yeah, so um, my, my competition last time, my sort of race weight was 87 kilos, 5% body fat. That's where I was racing most of last season at. You were five percent body fat because you, you yeah. do look lean, like even like in your face, you just yeah, look 5%. lean across. Yeah, five percent. I was at five percent for a fair few months. Yeah, that's low. I've gone up you... to seven percent now. Uh, he checked me about four weeks ago. So yeah, I, I keep the body fat stays low. It's just because of the amount, you know. I, I think my genetics as well. But yeah, when you were doing low. when you were doing like the bodybuilding splits, were you like? preparing for a show where you like no, instantly get no. ripped oh yeah I think, yeah that, that I, it was easy for me to get quite ripped yeah but i wasn't concentrating on my food like i am now yeah 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 this is just sports performance like then it was like yeah i, I just chicken and rice you know i wasn't weighing anything out i wasn't caring what really what, what kcals i was getting in where now if i not getting enough kcals in then I, I, I do a shit workout and then it's just pointless isn't it i need the right fuel do you are you going to try to be around the same? Do you think that is a good spot for you? Yeah, yeah, like I, yeah, I'd say I don't I don't have to be five percent. It just looks better better, better on pictures, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I'd say eighty seven. I could probably go up a little bit, eighty eight, eighty nine, if I could get a bit more put put a bit more muscle on and, and try and get a bit more denser strength. Maybe this, yeah, yeah, around there, if not a smidge more, I'd say. Because at five percent body fat, like there's not really anywhere for you to go down you'd have to take off muscle yeah exactly exactly so yeah he did not want me dropping anywhere below after that below that so but the way we had it it was quite screwed screwed right you know i was nailing the right food at the right time and it kept me there is that easy for you to do like to just like put it in in place because it's it's a struggle for some people yeah it, it is a struggle but yeah it's quite robot i'm quite robotic and you know my wife says i've got adhd and that's why i think i have basically got adhd 100 <laughs> percent, uh, and that's why i probably i'm okay with doing it and it's just it comes easy because it's robotic and yeah it, I, I seem to do it there's this thing that i don't necessarily relate with when people care about the way their food tastes i just don't care how my food tastes you don't I don't. Do, do you? Do you need no, to? Take- no, I don't. No, no, because my my wife sometimes see me cook cook some meals, and she's like, "You're going to eat that." I'm like, "Yeah, it's fuel. I don't need it to taste nice. I eat that. I eat that much. Not every single meal has to be like num num num. Do you know, yeah, you know what yeah. I mean? It doesn't have to be gourmet. I'll eat it. No, it's just fuel. At the end of the day, some 
you know, I do like a nice meal out at a restaurant, yeah, but no, most of my food intake during the day is just fuel. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Same yes. for you, yeah. Most people, if they saw it, they'd be like, dude, are you serious? <laughs> like, you're yeah, really same, gonna put that. Same. Like, yeah, it's the same. It's gotta happen. It's gotta happen, man. It just, it yeah, just makes it a little bit easier, for sure. Yeah, definitely, man. So what's your schedule looking like for, you're gonna do Switzerland? Yeah, I'm going to do Switzerland, and then me and Tim are going to do a doubles uh, Leipzig, I think, a month after. Mm, you going for that record? Yeah, man, I want to take that up front. So. That'd be, it's because, I mean, you know, the no, the doubles there hasn't necessarily been like a race, right? It's usually like somebody one off, like a Hunter and Tom who went out yeah. and, just, and just got it. That's yeah. going to be, a, like, you guys are going to be very formidable when it comes to trying to get there, but that team of Tom and... Because Tom's fast, dude. I didn't realize how Tom's a runner. Yeah, yeah Tom's fast. I, he has like some impressive yeah, run times. Time. Yeah, I've heard. I've heard his run times are good. And yeah. So yeah, I, I need to get a bit quicker. Tim's already quick. Tim's a great runner. Um, I think we got a chance. I think we, if we if we if we knuckle down the next two or three months, I think I think we got a good enough chance with anyone. So yeah. Where's that at? Uh, Leipzig, Germany. Okay. That's okay. October, so it's a month after Basel. We don't know how the qualifications are going to work yet, right? No, no, I'm not sure what's happening this season. Yeah, what would you like to see? Mm, I don't know because there's different, there's mixed reviews on how you should qualify, whether there should be qualifying races, you know, or whether are we going off times because, you know, the high rock zones, because you guys haven't got that many races over there, have you? And the sled issues and the high rock zones, you know, they add to the overall race, don't they? Uh, yeah, we have, I think we're, so what my understanding is we're going to do like the four major markets here. So we'll probably have eight races total, just two in each market, like a fall and a spring okay. season. That's not, that's not too bad then. It's not terrible. It's not terrible. No, There's opportunities. Okay. That's, yeah, that's okay. Uh, there's not might there might just not be as dense as where you yeah, are in terms of the the distance. Yeah, there's a lot over here. Like it's it's really good. Like there's what Spain, there's everywhere. It's amazing here. Yeah, and you guys and can get got, around pretty easy. Yeah, three in the UK, and then yeah, and it's only a, it's for us to fly for me to fly to Switzerland. It's a two hour flight. Germany, two hour flight. Oh, nice. Yeah, because it's to like for like from someone on the west coast to fly to New York. It's, you know four yeah. six hour flight time difference whole the whole deal because it's yeah. interesting you and i were kind of on the opposite ends of the qualification system because like i raced well in a championship race that happened to have a long um yeah rock zone yeah. and i didn't race well in, in another race where it, i just couldn't like it just wasn't a, a day where yeah. i needed to, to like show up it happens don't it and then on your end you raced well in a regional race yeah and and, and didn't uh have a finish for the championship race but yeah realistically we both belonged right finishing sixth and seventh like we should have been in that race yeah yeah so like i get how either one matters but it's 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 they gotta change it i think though just on time i think there needs to be like some sort of combo i don't know what how to do it because the venues are different so the zones have to be different don't they but then I don't know. I don't know how they're going to do it. I think that it should be top three to five in in a championship race, and then yeah. the remainder of spots be on time. Yeah, I get that. I do get that. Yeah, that that would work, wouldn't it? And yeah, it would just it would take out the it would take out the venue because being the only thing that matters because the Madrid the Madrid times were ridiculous. Um, the sled pushes. Some of people were slowed, pushing a sled in a minute and something. Do you remember? <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. Like, how, yeah, could that so even, that, how could it ever feel like that? I don't understand. Exactly. And it's not fair. That isn't fair. So I don't know what what happened there. But, but the Manchester sleds, mate, they flew as well compared to the London. The London were horrendous, but the London Manchester flew. Yeah. Yeah. And like, Megida flew, flew over and he, he also said the London sleds were, were bad. So... How did you feel like the Vegas sleds compared to the London sleds? London was heavier? Mm, well, uh, well, they took a weight off, didn't they? So we only had one, 150 on the sleds, remember, in Vegas. <laughs> I know. That's another, that's another topic, but anyway. 
Um, I'd say similar. I'd say there wasn't much in it. The London sleds were horrible. The Vegas sleds weren't nice either. So mm-hmm. on par, I'd say. Pretty close. Yeah, because yeah. I, saw, I saw the Manchester one, and your push there was like 220 or something, right? Yeah, mate. It flew. It flew. I don't know what happened, but... What do you think we should do right. about that? It was interesting. I was speaking to Luke. You know Luke Fit, the, the guy that won the first High Rocks? Yes. Uh, German guy. He was saying that he measured some sleds. He had like a, a pulling device on them, and he he, he had he, he tried a load of different sleds on the same carpet, and he was saying he was he was getting fifteen kilos difference in sort of pulling on from one sled to the other. He tested it out, and he contacted Christian about it and just said, "Look, I've done this, and you know the sled, the sleds need sorting out, and I don't know what you can do." But yeah, he did a test on it because he he was getting a bit frustrated. I think he told me that in London, he because he came to London. Luke did. They did a doubles, right? A mixed doubles. Uh, no, sorry, in London he just came to promote his training camp, but okay. he did the he did the mixed doubles at another one, I think, where he got the world record. Right. But yeah, he, he said that to me and I was like, that doesn't surprise me. <laughs> so that was just, you're saying he took, it was two different types of sleds or two different so stack heights? I, what think, was he doing? I think it was one carpet and he tried out a number of different sleds. So he must've, he must've been at an event, you know, and, and just tested them and he brought a, a device which measures th- how much like the speed or something yeah the, the the weight that you need to pull it and it was he said to me he measured 15 kilo difference between the easiest and the hardest when they should have Quite been all, when they looked the it, same or yeah so they were weighted up the same but it, it, he said there was 15 kilos difference on on some from the easiest to the hardest that he pulled with this so, device that measures I see. To do with yeah, it. I see, yeah i see so it might just be random and that was at one race that one venue so you can imagine it America, Europe, you know, so I don't know. Uh, yeah, I don't know either. I don't know either. Because it's, I, I, and it seems like Hyrox doesn't know what to do either. Yeah, I agree. Right. I, don't, I don't think they're doing it's it on difficult purpose. To manage. Yeah. It's, <laughs> it's difficult to manage and, you know, I don't know because where, how are the treads sleeted? Are, they, are the sleds just thrown around on, on flooring and, you know, getting scratched up at the bottom or mm-hmm. are they protected or, you know, all that has a bit of a, an impact, doesn't it? It's a good point. It's a good point. Like, what's happening to those? Like, what's the state of the sleds? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Hmm. Hmm. So, yeah, that's just, that's just not going to get fixed. I don't think. No, we're just going to have to try and pick you. Try and pick the races where you think the sleds are quick and the rock zone's small. I think that's the key. Just cross our fingers. Yeah, cross our fingers that we get the good ones. Um, so you got a doubles with Tim. So, yeah. are, so are you doing anything else in the fall? Yeah, I'll probably there's quite a few races this side of Christmas, so I'll probably hit another one. So I'll do my singles, then doubles, and then I might hit another one this side, and then weigh up what to do and just yeah, see where I'm at and see what times are coming in and yeah. And we're thinking the World Championship's going to be like in your neighborhood, right? Manchester, it could not be better for me. It's an hour away. It's the closest venue, so yeah. It'd be amazing if the fairy tale came down, you know, if, if I could get in the elites and do well. So we'll see. Yeah. Cause that's the thing. It's like, who knows how, and just with the different athletes that are showing up, right? Like you just, yeah. you, you just found this and there's could be other athletes just like you exactly. right, who, who pop exactly. up. So it's going to be really interesting with what happens with, cause if it took a 60, 30 to qualify for the top 15 this year, yeah, what's it going to take next year? Fifty nine thirty? Is it going to be a whole minute different? Who knows? Yeah, I don't see why not. How fast do you think it could go? <laughs> How fast do I think I can go? I think I can go fifty. I don't. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I need a few more races this season just to see. I've not got under the hour mark yet, and that's a mental thing, isn't it? That mm. is in your head. Mm-hmm. If you can go sub sixty, I don't know. It's, that's a, I don't know. I can't comment on that. Because, like you said, you could have been fifty-eight high at Maastricht. Yeah, sub fifty-nine defo. Um, yeah, I think fifty-eight something. So uh, you know, I don't, if if my training's what I'm focusing on now is working, and I'm. 
I'll tell you after Basel where I think I can get to, you know. Because uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. the end of the season wasn't great last time because of the Maastricht thing, then the German went to Karlsruhe and then the London, you know. Right. It, it, it wasn't planned very well for me, but yeah, let, I'll see where I'm at. It kind of happened to me with my training too. I feel like I was scrambling for a minute just because like all of a sudden this race in Dallas meant a lot. Like I needed to get a time to not yeah. get bumped out. So he's like changed a bunch of stuff. And then like, then I yeah. wasn't sure if I was going to be in the elite heat. So that was like a little bit of a mess too. So like, yeah, well, yeah. what could you do if you had this full year of yeah. training, knowing you're going to get there? So that's what I'm planning. I'm just going to give it my all knowing what I'm doing this season. Um, last season, you know, at the start, I didn't have a clue what I was doing. I just turned up at Birmingham, but now I've got an idea and it's fun to see how good you are, see how far you can push your body and how, and how, good you can get and that's what's great about it i think yeah and at it's the end like, of the day yeah sorry go on. i was gonna say it's a concept that just makes sense right it's like who can be strong fast with um, good endurance yeah. yeah it's great it's a great test it's cool yeah, yeah dude, definitely to put the announcer curse on you that that day in Maastricht. i was like this guy is doing great <laughs> There's no you chance yeah. he won't be on the yeah. podium. <laughs> you said that, and then I did it. I did like a, tried to do a third lap on the on the run before the lunges. After you said that, and I was like, Rich, <laughs> yeah. and I forgot to forgot to choke my hands hands on the farmer's carry and dropped them three times. <laughs> after you said that, everything went to shit. <laughs> you proved me. You proved me wrong. You're like, I'll show you. Watch this. Yeah. Watch this. Wrong, <laughs> uh, so you and Tim got some stuff. You're putting together some cool stuff. Yeah, so um, I've had a few messages over the last few months, and Tim's had plenty, just saying, "Oh, would you do a program for me and things like that?" And it's just got us thinking, really. And um, I just thought there's a bit of a it's so big in the UK, and there's a bit of a gap in the market. And I think, you know, you know, why not? So I dropped Tim a message and say, "Look, you know, are you interested in jumping on? I, I could do with your support. I know you're very knowledgeable on the running side of things, and maybe we could could come combine our or you know sort of skill sets and see what we can do and he was game for it and um yeah we've been doing a lot of work in the background last probably two months we've been doing a lot of stuff sort of going over different running programs and sort of strength stuff that we both think seems to work and done a collab collaboration and yeah we're going live on monday so nice should, should be interesting that's perfect so where yeah so what can people expect like is it just like straight blend like what is yeah so it's it's sort of it's not really personalized yet we, we we will offer personalized but it's more sort of subscription so we've done um if you want to do like a sub 70 minute high rocks pro you need to be hitting these sort of run split times so we've suggested run split times on your runs and your sort of weights and sort of emoms you need to be hitting on reps and stuff so and we've done a sub so a sub 70 men pro a sub 80 women pro um and I've also done some double stuff and open stuff. So there's six, six sort of subscriptions mm. we're putting on online uh, that people can sign up for. And then yeah, we're just gonna be doing that and changing, changing that weekly. So cool, cool. So it's a, con it's not like a four week program. It's consistent. No, it's training. not like a one off. It's a, it's, yeah, you subscribe and you just you just do this all season, and it'll you know it's not like a twelve week block where we'll give you that and you'll. You know, it's more of a continual training through where you'll just go on the app and sort of do that workout for the day or take an active rest day or do these run run workouts and stuff. So, yeah. Awesome. Yeah. That's the that, plan, man. And it's needed, right? Like there's a lot of ways that it seems like is appropriate to train for this. Yeah. But I think a lot of people don't want to do the stuff that's required just because exactly. it's not it's not that fun. No, it's not that fun. And I think if you, I think you need to be hitting certain run splits, and you need to be able to be doing that. And we're we're telling them, well, you need to be be able to do one k or you know in this type of speed and time if you really do. So it gives people a bit more numbers on things as well. Mm -hmm. For sure, you know, a lot of people are just going to jump on a treadmill and do a bit of running, but it's a bit more guidance. So yeah, then they'll push the sled, run a little yeah, bit more, do some exactly. stuff. Exactly. Where can people find this? Um, it'll be on Wattify, so it's you've heard of Wattify, haven't you? Yeah, so we've got it'll be Wattify, it'll be on the inst our Instagram page, and they'll just follow the link from our Instagram page, and then there, there'll be the subscriptions there to just sign up for. So, yeah, Monday we go live, so we're just finishing it off this week, and yeah, sweet, that's perfect because 
I'll link to sure to link to the link to it in the show notes here, and this will be out on Monday. So it's out today, right now. Go get it. What are you calling it? Just TM, TM programming. TM, TM programming. programming. Cool. So follow, follow us on Instagram. We'll do. Make sure, make sure to link for that. So we'll see you in in Switzerland. Yeah. And then doubles. Better take that record. What is the record? It's fifty-two or something, or something like that, isn't it? It's pretty fast. It's but fast, it's the, man. It's the lighter weight. Yeah, I know. So I'm looking. At, I, I've never done doubles. I think doubles is going to be a bit more fun. The pressure I put on myself for singles is silly. I'm just so looking forward to turning up at a race and just, you know, going after it. Yeah. Yeah, with a friend, it's great. You know, I'm looking forward to it. I like the he ditched Mar- he ditched Martin for you. Is Martin, <laughs> he ditched Martin. Is, he, is, is Martin is Martin upset? He's coming to find well, you. Yeah, we need to give him a cuddle, but yeah, he's a. Uh, <laughs> He wants well. I think I, I think I asked it. No, I think he asked me. I can't remember who asked who, but oh, Martin's feeling yeah. hurt. Do you know how you're going to break it up? Because that's the, my one. I don't love the doubles format because no, I, I don't really. I would rather be a relay. Right? Yeah, I, I would. I'd rather. Yeah, I don't really understand like someone doing a burpee than the other person doing a burpee. It's a bit like yeah, the run, the I running agree. part, especially with mixed doubles. It's like okay, like you just need a fast female and like i don't know it's it's hard to i don't know any strategies on how you're gonna break that up no i haven't even haven't thought about it i need to do some research on what to do i've never really watched the full race or i'm just trying to think how i'd do it you know obviously a sled length each way but i'm thinking about the rower how would you do the rower and right tim's done it before so i'll get his opinion on what we should do and yeah right like how much time is worth on transitions yes transitions yeah exactly all right man looking forward to seeing uh seeing how you throw down this year i'm looking forward to competing against you hopefully yeah, manchester man. i probably won't make my yeah. way over for any other races and no plans to come here for a race right no i don't think so it's quite a long way isn't it not with the not with the young well the new york race that's not too far it's no further, the new york for, yeah further than the, germany but well to be fair mcgee did flew over didn't he for london and he he did well <laughs> he did so who knows all right, we'll make sure to link to your uh, your socials and the whole deal in the show notes. I uh, appreciate you taking time, Enzo. I'm just going to press stop. We'll head back to that first screen. Yeah, cheers, Rich.